The American POTUS Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit show supported by listener patriots just like you. To help us keep the program going, please join others around the nation by considering a tax-deductible donation. You can make your contribution and see what exciting plans we have for new podcasts and other outreach programs at AmericanPOTUS.org. Thank you for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode. On this special year-end episode of American POTUS, we're taking the high road and celebrating 2020. As we look back on our first 13 episodes, we've learned that while the personalities and political parties may be vastly different, the patriotism of each POTUS is the common denominator. In every case, these office holders and the people they've surrounded themselves with have all had one goal in mind, to further the great American experiment the best way they knew how. Before we begin our second term, we're going through the best and brightest of our first. That's next on America POTUS. I'm Scott Brunn with the National Museum of American Presidents. With the help of presidential scholar Alan Lowe, we're opening the book on the men who have held our nation's highest office. In every episode, we'll tap into our nationwide cabinet of historians, authors, experts, and others to reveal the most compelling moments from these extraordinary patriots. On this special episode, Alan and I want to spend a little time highlighting all the terrific guests we've had who've taken the time to chat with us about the very consequential job of POTUS. The caliber of these guest experts has been nothing short of amazing, and that's all due to Alan and his contact list. (laughs) Pulitzer Prize winners, nationally acclaimed journalists, passionate researchers, and authors of more best-selling books than you can imagine. We are forever grateful to these amazing guest experts who have shared their perspective on this very American institution. I agree. And Scott, it's been so much fun. You're doing a terrific job. Uh, Co-host and producer of American POTUS, thank you for all you've done in season one. I hope we're not limited to two terms like the president's, are we? We'll just go on and on. We'll go on and on. on. (laughs) We're following the FDR plan. Yes. (laughs) Nicely done, sir. So listen, Alan, I thought we'd go episode by episode briefly of our first season and point to some of the kind of best hits from our guests. Yeah. Why did you look at me and say briefly like that? Because I know it's not going to be possible. (laughs) I'm ready. Episode one, we covered George H.W. Bush with our very first guest, Jeffrey Engel. You, you've yes. known Jeff for many, 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 many years. For a long time. I knew Jeff. I was director of the George W. Bush Library Museum on the campus of SMU in, in Dallas, Texas. And that's where I first met Jeff. He's the director there of the Center for Presidential History. Just a terrific guy, a great friend. I think I mentioned on that episode, I first heard of Jeff when I read The China Diary of George H.W. Bush that he had edited it and then got the pleasure of working with him at SMU and stayed friends ever since. Just a really terrific guy and a terrific operation there at SMU. And you've had a friendly little banter back and forth with Jeff over well, the years, we may right? have we may disagree on certain political issues. We taught for several years when I was at Bush at the Cultural Institute SMU holds every year at their campus in Taos, New Mexico. Really, really tough gig, i got to say. Uh, yeah, but, right. but Jeff and I would teach courses together. But really what the class wanted to see was us uh, getting in fights in front of them, which we gladly obliged every year in doing that. <laughs> but that's something that, get, that gets forgotten that I think is a very admirable quality in this country is respectful debate. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we, there's nothing wrong with that. No, we, we absolutely did it in a respectful way, a fun way, so a lot of humor thrown into it. And we, we 
cared for each other. We're good friends, but we, we did disagree on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we had, we had fun presenting that to the class. What, what are your takeaways from the first episode? Well, you, Bush? you know, George H.W. Bush, really, really an amazing man, a good man, uh, a heck of a friend. When he was your friend, he was your friend. I think, you know, reading Jeff's great book, When the World Seemed New, and, and hearing him talk about H.W., two words that came to mind were judgment. The man had amazing judgment yeah. and discernment. He was able to see through things, and he had the ability to take action. But he also had the ability to hold back and to wait and see and to not take yeah. action when that was the best best course. So uh, it just increased my admiration for H.W. Bush. I think the the thing that, that I remember most, uh, just a humble patriot. It seemed like his motto was never stop moving, keep advancing, mm-hmm. but don't ever worry about taking credit for anything. And I was very honored to meet him a couple times, of course, when I was director of the George W. Bush Library, but even before that, the first time I met H.W. Bush was at the dedication of his wonderful library in College Station, Texas. It's on the campus of Texas A&M. I encourage everyone there. to go. It's beautiful. It's terrific. I love it. And and I was there for an event on the night before the opening, and he came into this huge hall where I was standing with you know roughly one billion other people. I thought, I'm never going to get to meet this man. But luckily, as usual, I was standing by the dessert table. <laughs> And he made a beeline for that table, and we talked about pecan pie. So that was my first my first interaction with George H.W. Bush. Very nice. deep, very deep interaction. Very deep interaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, episode two was uh, the first part of a two-parter on Andrew Jackson. This uh, episode two had guest Dr. Mark Cheatham from Cumberland University. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And fascinating guy yeah i mean really. andrew jackson was just an absolute son of a bitch who never took no for an answer <laughs> that's right and i really don't want to meet him on the street no well i want him to be my friend if i yeah, do agree um, and just uh, kind of overwhelming ambition and power a chip on his shoulder from a very yeah. early age yeah and he didn't take no for an answer you know just a uh, really an amazing man who you know not many people get to say they put their name on an age you know the jack yeah the jacksonian age so it's 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 really an amazing story of Andrew Jackson, and Cheatham was terrific. And Absolutely. And then, of course, going over the next episode uh, with Howard Cattell at, at the Hermitage. Right. And a place that really early in my life I visited, and that's one of the reasons I love presidential history is going there, learning about Jackson and, and seeing the beautiful Hermitage. Special thanks to Howard Cattell, who's the CEO of the Andrew Jackson Foundation, and he gave Alan and I a literally a behind-the-scenes tour of the Hermitage took us into the actual rooms mm-hmm. that you can't get to, which unfortunately has my lasting memory. Yes. Of, um, I remember that. I know what you're going to say. Knocking over yeah. the hickory stick, a was, priceless piece of, it was almost, a, <laughs> almost a knocked it over. I didn't. Yeah. Yes. Almost dead. Yeah. Got a little, a little bit of trouble, but that would have been a date that lived in infamy. It was, <laughs> we were very close, but, uh, we, we survived it and Howard could not have been more gracious doing a really terrific job there of preserving that site, making it available to people. I really encourage everyone right outside of Nashville, go and yeah. go and see the Hermitage. It's a beautiful estate. Not, not just the house itself. The house itself is amazing, but mm-hmm. the grounds oh my gosh, yeah. too are yeah. just fantastic. Uh, episode four was all about Lyndon Johnson. And we had a guest, Mark Updegrove, who was uh, tremendous. As all our guests. I've known Mark for years, too. He was director of the LBJ Library and Museum at one point. He's now director of the LBJ Foundation. Again, a great place in Austin, Texas. Austin's a fun city. I don't know if have you uh, 
spent much time in Austin. I have been there. Yeah, it's, it's, it is fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Keep it weird. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep it weird. A lot of great things there to see at the top of the list is the LBJ Library and Museum, and, and Mark Up to Grove does a great job of, of supporting that, that function there. And, you know, Mark has written a lot of great books, by the way, too. Indomitable Will is one we talked about, but he's written about the, the Bushes with Last Republicans, written a couple books, called one called Second Acts and one called Baptism by Fire, all about presidents. Really, really a great writer. LBJ, to me, is such a complex guy. He's so hard oh. to understand. Two in a row, really. LBJ and Nixon, there's so many sides to their personalities, to their legacies. It's hard to really get your arms around them and figure out yeah. what you're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, so many pros, so many cons. Um, at the end of the day, as I know Mark pointed out, it's a, a legacy of Vietnam versus great society. And that's that's how you have to – you can't look at it in an easy – we're going to look at it one way or the other way with LBJ. You have to look at all the nuances. My takeaway, he was an accidental president who was put in a very incredibly awkward position. You can certainly argue with his politics, but you mm-hmm. cannot argue with his drive to see things through to completion. Yeah. I mean, the man the man had incredible drive. Yes. There's, there's no denying the drive, the kind of tortured ambition in a way almost of, yeah. of always thinking he could do one thing more. And this, the list, whether you agree or disagree with the Great Society, the list of programs is mammoth. Think about that legislative accomplishment. Of course, as the the master of the Senate, he knew how to do that. Again, just a fascinating guy. And if if our listeners haven't gone to listen to the tapes, listen to the LBJ tapes. And I think Mark talked about Harry Middleton, really great man who was director of LBJ for many years, worked for LBJ. He made sure, working with Lady Bird, that those tapes got released and they are a treasure. Go and listen to them. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn a lot. Uh, they're, they're worth it. If you listen to the tapes, you'll know how to properly order pants y- from yes. your tailor. And the certain words you should use, I we'll will just, not repeat here. We'll just leave it at that. That, that really tell that tailor exactly, exactly where to make the cuts. Right. <laughs> Episode five <laughs> is one of Alan's favorites, yes. I predict. Yes. Uh, all about our friend Ronald Reagan. Yes. Uh, with a very special guest, Peggy Grandy. Yeah, terrific. Uh, she wrote a terrific book, The President Will See You Now, Work for the President in His Post-Presidential Years, a really good friend, a great supporter of the National Museum of American Presidents, and just a terrific person. I, I love Ronald Reagan. I started my career at the Reagan Library, fresh out of college as an archivist. Got to meet the president several times. A really an amazing man. I think Peggy's friendship with him, her service to him was phenomenal. She brought back to mind his humor, the fact that he was a really intelligent person, and his kind of inner, that inner part of him, that inner drive. You look at all these people we're talking about, all of them have this kind of inexhaustible drive. Yeah. And, and some, and some you of them really hide it, to, some of them right? don't, right? But yeah, you, you have to. I never had the pleasure of meeting Ronald Reagan, but I came away from that discussion pleasantly realizing. Uh, he was one of those rare, famous men who turned out to be exactly as you would hope they were. Mm-hmm. Honest, right. grounded, yes. nice, just genuine right. person. I, um, In terms of telling stories, I went one day with my great friend, Greg Cumming, who's now at the Nixon Library. We were both very young archivists at the Reagan Library. And they said that President Reagan had some materials to send down to the museum, and we should go pick them up at their house in Bel Air. This was probably 1990. I was three years old. It's very young, Scott. Very young. <laughs> and so we went up to the Bel Air. Oh, I'm sorry. You were kidding. That's, that's right. <laughs> so we went up to the house, and um, 
I thought we'd just pick up some stuff from an aide and, and bring back. But as we walked toward the front door, Ronald Reagan opened the door and said, hey, fellas, I've been waiting on you. And uh, we didn't pass out, though we probably were close. But for the next 15, 20 minutes or so, he talked to us about the library and just had a wonderful conversation with him, just a really genuine, genuine good person. And uh, thought thought the world of him. And Mrs. Reagan, too. I got the opportunity when yeah. I was there then, but later when I worked for Senator Baker to interact some with her and really a good person. And I would say to folks out there, there's so many there's so many interesting books about Reagan. Of course, Peggy's book is terrific. Lou Cannon, you know, has written a couple of great books, Governor Reagan and one one about the presidency. Peter Robinson is another book about what Ronald Reagan taught him. He was a speechwriter for Reagan and really yeah. loved that book. So really a, a good number of books. There will be more in coming years as those records sure. open out in Simi sure. Valley. The next episode, episode six, was not about a president, but mm-hmm. about a man who served a couple presidents, James Baker. Yeah, the man who ran Washington, Peter yeah. Baker. Susan uh, Glass was great. Oh, new book. A fascinating guest. Peter is the chief White House correspondent for the New York Times. And Susan does a lot of fascinating work. They got together. How a husband and wife can write a book together yeah, is amazing. They've written a couple together. Yeah. Thoroughly amazing. But <laughs> James Baker, interesting to me that he tried to get elected a couple times, not to, not presidency, but mm-hmm. some lower offices. He couldn't get elected, but he found tremendous success in public service, serving other presidents. Yeah, and helping them get elected yeah. and serving them. Fascinating. Yeah. And really, this behind the scenes for 25, 30 years of, of one of the most influential men in the nation and the world, really. Fascinating and a, a terrific book by Peter and yes. Susan. Really, really terrific. Really good. And I, I, again, I will, I'm will. i a book guy. Scott knows this. <laughs> if you're looking at other Peter Baker stuff, he's written Days of Fire. That's where I first met Peter at the Bush Library about the Bush-Cheney years. He wrote a, a really good book about the Clinton impeachment called The Breach. I recommend that as well. And I think they mentioned uh, they'd written a book about Putin's Russia. And then he teamed up with our friend Jeff Engel and a couple other folks on a book called okay. Impeachment. So that, that's, a good, that's a good read as well. Episode 7 was about James Polk. One of my favorites. Oh, underrated. Uh, with our guest author was Robert Mary. Yeah, this a really great conversation about an underestimated president. Polk, as we said in that episode, came in with four things to do, and he did them, and then he went home and died. And, and he really gave us life for the country, the first dark horse candidate. To me, he needs to be studied more. Yes. Uh, he, he, he contributed, yes. and you can agree or disagree with his policies, but he really changed America. And I think he deserves to be in that kind of that pantheon of those consequential presidents, whether you agree or disagree with, with his, his actions. I would think he has one of the more awkward paths to the White House. Well, yeah, he was counted out, essentially, yeah. right? He kind of lost his, his mojo in a way, and suddenly, because of Texas, he's, he's in office. Yeah. yeah. When, when Henry Clay, poor guy, lost again. My fave. <laughs> as a Kentuckian, I love Henry. Your, your favorite loser. And we're, we're going to have an episode on, we on are. Henry at some point. All um, the people that lost the presidency. Yeah, will, yeah. Will we're be, planning that now. But yeah, I mean, James Polk, he seed a shining sea. He got us from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. That's right. And one tough guy. So he wasn't called, was it Young Hickory or Little Hickory? He was Little, little yeah, Hickory. something like yeah. that. He, he was an SOB too. And yeah. he, he was uh, had to have been a really good poker player because, particularly with the British, how he took the right to the edge of war with him over Oregon. And everyone else around him was freaking out, including Buchanan, his Secretary of State. But he held steady. Very interesting yep. man in so many ways. 
episode eight uh, with our guest Amity Schlaes. The Calvin Coolidge Foundation yeah. was all about Calvin Coolidge. And admittedly, I did not know much about Calvin Coolidge, yeah. but I'm a big fan now. Yeah, me, me too. And Amity I met when she was uh, at the Bush Institute when I was at the Bush Library, now doing amazing work with the Coolidge Foundation and helping teach America what we've forgotten about. Again, a very consequential president. Uh, highly recommend her book. And you see how uh, this man, a few words, did a lot in his own way. Very much so. Very humble, just like George H.W. Bush. Yes. A right, very humble right. president. That's right. So I, I encourage people to check that out and, and to look at what he did and what he didn't do, his view of the presidency. So as we go into American POTUS, part of it's about how how different how different men so far and in the future women have approached the office, how they've seen their powers and their lack thereof, their duties and lack thereof. And he certainly had a very definite view of that based on his reading of, of the Constitution. Yeah. Episode 9, POTUS number 1, George Washington. Uh, we had guests, another husband-wife author team, yeah. David and Jeannie Heidler. I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of Washington, just like most people are. What came away from the discussion, the incredible management challenges mm. of dealing with Jefferson and Hamilton yes. on your cabinet. <laughs> I mean, how how the man yeah. negotiated that and You think kept, you have trouble with your moving. staff. Think oh, about it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> This, he's kind of starting up a new country and yeah. has to deal with this, right? Oh, so just that. Kind of unimaginable they're, pressure. they're two of the smartest individuals you can have in the country, right? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. had their they, – they should have been in the cabinet. They just couldn't get along and leave it to dad. <laughs> you know, here's Washington being the dad and trying to make these two brilliant kids, I mean, at will. some point he probably should have said, because I said so. <laughs> you know, uh, so, but you think about the smarts around him, you got Jefferson and Hamilton, but you also have Adams and yeah. Madison. I mean, think, right. of, think about that constellation of, of smarts. Yeah. Really amazing. So the Heidlers were terrific. And they were. again, I'm going to put in a plug for Henry Clay. Their biography of Henry Clay, I think is the best. So look that up too. We'll have to have them back on. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk about your favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Episode 10, Abraham Lincoln with... Admittedly, I got a little geeked out. Ron yeah. White was our guest on this episode, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of Ron White. Yeah. And I, I got a little geeked out. That, hey, I admit that's it. all right. I admit it. It happens. It, it happens, Ron. He, he wrote A. Lincoln, which we talked about in this episode, Abraham Lincoln, but he also wrote American U, uh, Ulysses, which was just a tremendous book. Yeah, all about Mr. Grant. Yes. And he wrote Lincoln's Greatest Speech, which is a smaller book really good about the second inaugural. Ron's just yeah. the, the nicest guy, amazing scholar and writer. If you haven't read his stuff, go get everything Ron White has written. Lincoln to me is, you know, among the he's a, he's not the pantheon. He he and Washington are kind of on yeah. a pedestal together. Uh, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite lines ever of Lincoln was at the end of his Cooper Union speech, I believe. He looked at the crowd and said, "Have faith that right makes might." I think it's really an amazing philosophy. And, and not long after that, of course, he's elected president, and we know what happens then, testing of that. The the thing that gets me with him, too, is that he is, Lincoln is evidence that so-called, quote, smart men don't always come from collegiate backgrounds. Mm-hmm, right. Like he, he knew how to persuade people with charisma and brains. You know, he didn't have a college education. No, he did but, not have an easy path. He, no. But he figured it out. Yeah. And yeah. he was a brilliant man. Uh, oh, 
beyond brilliant. And I would say for the folks out there, Lincoln's Melancholy is a great book uh, by Joshua Shank and his uh, Lincoln's Battle with God by Stephen Mansfield. So there, there are so many different elements to his personality, to what made him into the Lincoln we know. Yeah. And you see yeah. in all those that, again, he did not have an easy path from right. his birth in Kentucky, right. Indiana to Illinois, to getting to the White House. You would have probably bet against him many, many times. Yeah. But suddenly there he was. Thank God when, when he was in, in the White House. And he's probably one that, that you have to legitimately wonder, what if? Of course. What if yeah. the assassination didn't take place? Right. And he was president through Reconstruction. Right, yeah. Episode 11, all about the First Ladies. Yes. With guest Nancy Smith. A, a great friend, I have to say. Uh, Nancy, I may have said this in the episode, was among the uh, the panel of people looking at resumes when I applied at the National Archives <laughs> eons ago. And uh, she will tell you to this day that she got me hired. And I'm always grateful. She's been a great friend ever since. Really enjoyed talking with her about the whole range of First Ladies. And, of course, that's a topic we'll continue in American POTUS. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, all of our guests are passionate about the people that they've talked about with us. But Nancy was incredibly passionate about the first ladies, and rightly so. These unelected ladies who use their elevated positions to kind of champion their causes and support the country, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes a little forgotten, Yeah, I think. And they do a lot. They do a lot. And there's a lot of pressure on them, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And and they have a huge influence, but we don't always hear about that in the history books. So I think as we... As we go down the road on this, uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that because they, they influence policy and yeah. how presidents approach things. It's, it's, and it's in different ways. You know, I'm, I'm reading recently about Eisenhower and Mamie. Uh, you compare yeah. that to, say, a Nancy Reagan with Ronald Reagan. It's, it's really fascinating and very important. Our next episode, episode 12, Presidential Authors with guest Craig Fairman. Loved it. Loved talking to Craig. He was terrific. Loved the book. I had not really thought about presidents in that way before. Certainly, I've read a lot of what they had written, but not from the perspective that Craig was bringing to it, a a broader perspective. So really enjoyed that. And and he gave me a new appreciation for campaign biographies. I I kind of looked down on them a bit, but some of them are quite good. And autobiographies afterwards. Again, I would send people, Reagan's I think is good, W's, uh, Decision Points. I know I'm a bit biased, but it's a really good read. Highly recommend that to everyone. Yeah. And Craig, to your point, Craig mentioned that, you know, a lot of these biographies that are done of presidents, they're covering the whole topic. They never zero in on them as authors. And when right. he, the things he uncovered by zeroing in just on their literary accomplishments, mm-hmm. it kind of reveals a lot yeah. about the person. It, it does. And you see how they've approached writing for different reasons in yeah. different ways. So I've always been fascinated with Nixon and his writing, particularly post-resignation, yep. and how that was part of his kind of redemption coming coming back out into political society in a way. Uh, but you go back before that ever happened in his first book, Six Crises, which I read years ago, really a good read. Yeah, But it's funny, I think somewhere in there he says, this is my one and only book, which of course turns out not to be true. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you look at, uh, say, uh, President Carter and so many yeah. great books he's yeah. written post-presidency. Really fascinating stuff and it shows so much more about their personalities and what, yes. they, what they find is important. And I appreciated Craig talking about the uh, founding fathers too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 
how it gave us some perspective that I never thought about, but back in Thomas Jefferson's time, mm-hmm. no one cared who wrote what. Yeah. Like it, it was not important. Like, believe it or not, no one cared who wrote the Declaration of Independence yeah. when it came out. It was just a, it was a document. It said what it said. It was important and everybody celebrated it, but it didn't matter who wrote it. Today, it's like, oh, that's Jefferson. That's Jefferson. Yeah. That's Jefferson. That's just beyond. Right? I, I don't, I can't. Like, no one cared. I think it, was, it was actually hidden on purpose. We're so far out of that. It's hard for me to yeah. even try to. It's like take that perspective all the way around. It's crazy. Anyway, if I was Jefferson. I'd be saying, "Hey, you know, by the way, <laughs> I wrote that." That's on my LinkedIn. Right. <laughs> it's right here, right I'll up post, top. I post it several times on Facebook. It'd be it'd be multiple posts. <laughs> I can't deal with Twitter with this whole with this character limit. I, I need more time. I need more all room. Men are created. Well, equal. Honestly, one of one of the best episodes I think is presidential authors. If you haven't listened yeah. to it yet, please do. It's it's fascinating. Um, the last episode of this first season, young JFK, the man before the presidency, with a Pulitzer Prize winner, yeah, Frederick Lugaval. Yeah, as, as I as I told him, I grew up in a house that idolized JFK, yeah. so I loved. It was a terrific book. Can't wait for the second volume. A great conversation. And again, just so many different perspectives on JFK's upbringing and his political education in that book that that made me understand the man so much more than I have before. I mean, I kind of knew all this before, but after talking to to Frederick, how JFK managed to deal with all of his physical ailments mm-hmm. and all the pressure of all those things, then get elected to the yeah. Senate, Congress, then Senate, and the presidency. And run the the highest office in the land. Yeah, dealing with all those things, I don't know how he did it. Amazing. And you see that so many of these so far men have had to deal with those types of pre presidential challenges. Season two talk about FDR and others who have overcome these these major challenges, and in some way that feeds into their personality and grows them into leaders. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to learn more about any of these guests who have joined us, you can simply visit AmericanPOTUS.com. You'll find a resource section there with bios and a list of books and articles they've written and published. Also, be sure to find, like, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast and any ideas you have for future episodes. Coming up in our second term, if you will, we have a lot of terrific guests lined up. Thanks again to Alan and his e-Rolodex. <laughs> You're working that thing. I am. Every day, Scott. Every day. <laughs> so uh, not necessarily in order, but yep. I just wanted to briefly go through some of our, our upcoming episodes. The first one on our list, FDR, Overcoming Affliction. Yeah, James Tobin talking to us about FDR's battle with polio and how that affected the kind of the creation of the personality of FDR yeah. that we know and the, and yeah. the leader that helped lead us through the great depression and world war two. And again, just the, the determination to succeed yeah. despite all the ailments. Well, you think he'd be counted out, frankly, and a yeah. lot of people did when they realized he had been afflicted with polio, but suddenly there he is back on the political scene, governor of New York, president of the United States. Amazing. Yeah. 
Next episode up, Adams and Jefferson, the mutual respect of political enemies with guest Gordon Wood. Very exciting to get Professor Wood. This is where I geeked out, Scott. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Wood is uh, in a pantheon of historians, really changed the way a lot of people thought about the American Revolution and its aftermath. An amazing guest talking about Adams and Jefferson, really yeah. a, a great conversation. This relationship between Adams and Jefferson has always fascinated me. Yes. Yeah. And you see the ups and downs of that friendship, not speaking mm-hmm. for years, and then these wonderful letters at the end of their lives, then dying on the same day, on July 4th, the 50th anniversary. You can't write this uh, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Next episode, Carter, the complicated POTUS from Plains. <laughs> I love that title. I do. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, Jonathan Alter has <laughs> written a great biography of Carter. Can't wait to talk to him about that and uh, learn more about Jimmy Carter. It's really a terrific in-depth biography. Maybe someone that doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Yeah, very consequential in many ways. And again, just fascinating looking at, uh, starting from the very beginning, how his personality was created, how his priorities were created through the years. All the, it's, it's wonderfully covered in Alter's book. Next up, We Like Ike, Fending <laughs> Off Nuclear Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Evan Thomas wrote a great book called Ike's Bluff. We're going to talk about that and the underestimated, underappreciated, I think, presidency of Dwight Eisenhower. And how, I mean, there were a lot of global threats going oh, on. Goodness. Well, he's, the, you know, he's dealing with the, the atomic bomb during his presidency. The H-bomb yeah. comes in. It could be the end of everything we know. How do you deal with that when the Soviets are so much superior in terms of arms vis-a-vis Europe? What do you do? And how do you not destroy the world while retaining the independence, the freedom of Western Europe and of America. It really fascinating story. And um, Evan Thomas really made me reappreciate uh, the greatness of, of Dwight Eisenhower. Next up, another episode on Reagan, rightly mm-hmm. so. Yes. The Political Power of a Washington Outsider with guest Craig Shirley. Yeah, Craig has written I think, four books about Reagan at this point, just really terrific books uh, talking about his rise to political power Cannot wait to talk to him and uh, about one of my favorite presidents. Now, from the very beginning of this podcast, yes, we didn't want to be too predictable. Never. We wanted to do episodes that made you smile a little bit, made you think, give you proper perspective. Right. That leads us to this next episode. Yes. Which I'm looking forward to. I am too. Presidential superheroes, the action-packed stories of our most famous presidents. I found these action comics of Lincoln, Washington, JFK, and TR, I think. Yes, right. Wonderfully done. A lot of fun. Great history, but a lot of fun jokes. It's awesome. I really appreciate them. They're so good. Can't wait to read. Can't wait to have both of those guys on, Fred and Ryan, on to talk to us about how they did it, what kind of research they did, how they came up with these amazing illustrations, really beautifully produced and a lot of fun. They they really are, and uh, I think they'll they'll bring the presidency to a younger demographic. That's right, which is super important. It is obviously. I mean, they, these aren't for elementary school kids. I don't think that's right. But yeah. you know, probably high school age, maybe right. middle school, high school age. I don't know, but I think on it's up. important that we have them on too to to talk about this. Obviously, the presidency means a great deal to. Uh, Fred, who wrote them, and Ryan, who illustrated them. And uh, we really appreciate how they're bringing it to a new audience. And I, I have to stress, you know, us older kids 
and enjoy them too. They're, yes, they're a lot of fun. Very yeah. much so. Next up is Clinton, a new generation of politics with guest Skip Rutherford. Skip is an old friend. Uh, I got to know Skip uh, when I was with the National Archives and planning the Clinton move to Little Rock after the administration. Skip has known Bill Clinton for many, many years, and most recently has served many years as the dean of the Clinton School of Public Policy, I believe, at University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Really great guy. Can't wait to talk to him and get his insights on the Clinton's legacy. Next up, Rutherford Hayes. Mr. Nice Guy caught up in the rough world of Washington politics. That's a long title. I got to shorten that down. I like that. I like. I think you should keep it exactly like that. So Christy and Dustin from the Hayes Library Museum up in Ohio, really great place. Again, you should go there. They're going to talk to us about Rutherford B. Hayes, someone I didn't know that much about, but a long career of public service, a Civil War hero, uh, caught up in one of the most contested elections in American history, left a real imprint with one term. So I can't wait to learn even more about Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, just a couple more. The commitment to conservation of Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Doug Brinkley is a good friend, a good supporter of the National Museum of American Presidents. Excited to have him on. I yeah, cannot wait. He's written so many wonderful books. Highly recommend them all to you. He wrote a great one, a couple great ones, actually. One on yeah. uh, Teddy Roosevelt and yeah. conservation, one on FDR. We're going to talk to him specifically about Teddy Roosevelt and his mammoth efforts to conserve American wilderness species, wildlife across yeah, America. Yeah. And this uh, it's a great story. It's a huge book. I mean, he really dives into the detail, but Doug is such a great writer. You get through it quickly, and it's an important story to tell. Last but certainly not least, Nixon, Reflection and Redemption with guest Casey Pipes. Casey's a, a great guy, too, and Nixon, to me, is one of the most fascinating characters in American really history. Is. You look at his record of service, the, the, all the contradictions in there. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to focus on the the post-resignation and how Nixon came out of isolation, essentially, established himself as an elder statesman in many ways. So I, I cannot wait to, to dive more in depth with Casey. So that's a quick look at what we have coming up in Season 2. There will be more, and we're also working on a couple surprises I don't think we can talk about just yet. <laughs> Not but, yet, Scott, but soon. But soon. We're very excited. We think they'll come through, but more more to come we're, on we're that. Hold, I'm, I'm holding my breath literally. There we go. Right now? See, I, was, I can't talk. I was holding my breath. <laughs> At this point in the podcast, we typically get a little personal with our episode topic, so let's keep that going. Alan? You and I will answer the questions this time, though. Okay. All right. I guess I'm ready. Okay. First one, and I've asked this for just about everybody. What Secret Service code name would we give each other? You would be Willie's dad. Willie's dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his wonderful dogs. Who's laying here at my feet. <laughs> he helps with every every episode. Well, I don't know about helps. He's very helpful. But <laughs> So my code name for Alan would be Chicken Scratch. Are you saying I can't write? He does have terrible penmanship. I uh, I took one semester of pre-med. That's what I learned from it. <laughs> All right. Who was the first president you voted for? I'm so old, I'm pretty sure it was Quincy Adams. Uh, <laughs> but I'm bummed. I'm going to say, I think Reagan was the first one, yeah. Oh, see, I voted for Reagan first, too. Primarily because I was trying to win over a girl that was a Republican. Well, that's very important. Yeah. You, you found you have your priorities yeah. straight, sir. <laughs> What's your favorite presidential quote? Gosh, you know, there's so many. I mean, Lincoln and 
you know, I, again, I grew up with JFK's legacy. So ask not what your country can do for you. That's your favorite. You, yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think that has to, has to be up there. You, you think about Reagan and tear down this wall and the impact that yeah. had as well. So there, there are lots out there. I tried you? to do one, but I kind of have two. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm kind of okay. spreading them. So one is, and again, I think it speaks to our democracy and the, the power of the office. Mm-hmm. The first one comes from James Buchanan, oddly enough. Oh, that's uh, one of the few times you've heard that. Yes. I, quote, For I all like, you betting out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think it says a lot. Quote, I like the noise of democracy. Yeah. Unquote. Very good, yeah. Speaking to, it's okay to debate each other. Yes. It's okay to, to have different opinions. True. It's all right. That's democracy. I found something I agree that's with okay. Buchanan on. That's great. Isn't that Thank crazy? I, I feel uh, feel better about it. Use myself. that at your next party. <laughs> the, the other one that I that I really like is John Adams, and it speaks to how challenging the office of the presidency really is. Quote, no man who ever held the office of president would congratulate a friend on obtaining it. <laughs> and it's interesting how, how presidents have, have approached that Suppose you know the loneliness of the office, yeah. And you, you compare that, say, to Reagan, who said, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, yeah. so it's it's <laughs> he had a good time. Yeah, right. He had a lot of free jelly bellies. <laughs> okay, next question. Mm-hmm. Most personally impactful moment at a historic site. Yeah. Well, I said earlier, you know, uh, visiting the Hermitage the first time really set me, I think, on a path of of loving history yeah. and loving presidential history. But I got to say, in terms of emotional impact, it was standing. Where Lincoln's buried, and I was there yeah. many times up in Springfield, and that just um, always kind of overwhelms me. Mine uh, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the presidency, but it was at a historic site. I had just moved to Baltimore, Maryland, and it was like the middle of February. It was a nasty, cold, rainy day, and I went out to Fort McHenry, and I had not been there before. Just went out there. It was like a Saturday morning, something like that, and uh, there was no one else there. It mm. was it was pretty empty, but they were changing the flag. Was that because you were there? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but as I didn't know, you know, when wind conditions change and things like that, they change the size of the flag that they fly there. Okay. If you didn't know, that's where the Star Spangled Banner was written. Just making sure. Anyway, thanks. So Scott. I was out there. The Rangers, the very nice park Rangers, were there, and they were getting ready to change the flag out. And I was just walking around, and they asked me if I wanted to come over and and help them. So I went over there, and I was wow. raising the flag at Fort McHenry. You know, no one else around except the very nice park Rangers. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is where it ha- it happened. Yeah. And here I am raising the flag. Now, nice. no one was shooting at me, and right. you know trying to kill me, but impactful, impactful. That's great. What do we think is the most important presidential moment in history? Or what do you think? And I'll give you mine. So I'm, I'm obviously torn on this as you see me thinking very deeply. There are so many possibilities and being a Washington guy, I was going to say Washington, but I'll, I'll wait on that. Lincoln. Let's go to Lincoln. I was first thinking on this, his election, his initial election, very important presidential moment, obviously sets off a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But I'm going to say instead his reelection. Because think about what would have happened yeah. if, if McClellan had won that election as a peace Democrat, how different our nation, even if our nation had still exists 
if that had yeah, happened. Sure. And what a lot of folks don't don't think about, I think Ron White does a good job of describing this, is how close Lincoln came to not being reelected. That, that until the taking of Atlanta, really, he was thinking he was not going to be reelected. And so, uh, thank goodness, I think there's a very important moment in presidential history. So I will try go, to top that, Scott. I will go to Washington. Okay. The most important presidential moment is Washington relinquishing power. Yeah. Is stepping away. And obviously that's a presidential moment, but you could take it further and say he relinquished power, what, three times in his career? Yeah, that's right. At the end of the revolution. End of the revolution. Right. So maybe twice. Twice. You, well, we'll you say, could say. We'll say, let's say six times. <laughs> <laughs> but him stepping away from the presidency, right. not being yeah. a king, mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, it's time for someone else. Well, you you look at the sad history of modern republics often, yeah. Yeah. and that's what doesn't happen. Someone likes the power, and it all goes to heck because they say, well, I'm going to stay. And they're or convinced I'm, that yeah. they need to stay in power to make it all work. Or their family needs to stay in power yeah. to make it all work, right? right. And that, that doesn't doesn't bode well for any republic. Alan, it's been a tremendous season one. Yes. Let's keep it going. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Scott, for all you do. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's a tremendous podcast. I mean, if I say so myself. Well. If we say think, so ourselves. I think I'll say it too then. <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate everyone uh, it's, listening. It's, it's very good. And, and as we say on, you know, AmericanPOTUS.com and, and our Facebook pages and social, other social pages, you know, we are obsessed with the presidency. And we believe that trying to give – our audience perspective on the history of the presidency helps you ground today's discussions around the craziness that's going on. It's not the first time that people have argued over who's president and who's not president. There will continue to be arguments and there will continue to be people mad at each other and, Mm -hmm. and we'll get through it. And, and that's what history shows. Well put, sir. Thank you. Was it? It was. It was. (laughs) Off to season two. Thank you all. The American POTUS podcast is produced by the National Museum of American Presidents, graphic design by the Thought Bureau, and original music score by Jonathan Clark Music. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, you can send us a note at AmericanPOTUS.com or stop by our social pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Finally, it's our presidential last word from the very first POTUS, quote, I hope I shall possess firmness and virtue enough to maintain what I consider the most enviable of all titles, the character of an honest man.